0: My name is Sharon Clark. I want to start off in full transparency and say that I am not a professor, a biblical scholar, a pastor, a bishop, a psychiatrist, or a licensed counselor, but I am a Christian and have been so for six years, who has lived for a time on this earth and experienced some things. I'm continuing to experience some things I've gleaned insights on some things that I pray will begin to enable those who have found time to listen to this material to get freedom of some things. In other words, gain deliverance of some things, which is not a one-time event, but a lifelong process and requires work on our part. I may not know where you are in your life, but the information that will be relayed is designed to enable us I say us because I'm still a work in progress to start the journey if you haven't done so already of getting free of hurts habits, dysfunctional behaviours and repeated negative patterns in our lives that could be keeping you stagnant disappointed, sick and grieved in the process my prayer is also if you haven't done so already to accept there is assistance you can receive if you wish from the help of the one true God into your heart through a relationship with a divine being known as Jesus the Christ. Episode 10, We Are at War and Using Our Spiritual Weapons. Before we can even get into this topic, it is important to realize that the God that believers, Jesus Christ, profess to serve is spirit, i.e. he does not have a human body, but is the invisible God, as outlined in the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verse 15, who created the heavens, i.e. the invisible worlds and the earth. By logic then, as believers in the teachings of Jesus the Christ, one can conclude that all that we see before our very eyes has literally come from another world that we cannot see. The Holy Bible tells us that there is an opposing kingdom in rebellion to the kingdom of God. We know through the Holy Bible that Satan, Lucifer, and a third of his angels were expelled from heaven and set up their own kingdom, which we now call the kingdom of darkness. These angels are ranked in terms of the authority that they had been given and have assigned mandates, which is essentially the destruction of humanity. They implement many strategies and collude with human agents and their associated occultic organizations on earth because of their hatred of God. This was covered in earlier episodes, so I encourage you to review those earlier episodes. In the book of Corinthians, the second book of Corinthians, chapter 2, verse 11, the Apostle Paul advised Christians that they cannot be without knowledge of the schemes of our enemy in case he gets an advantage over them. In Corinthians, in the same book, chapter 10, verse 3 to 5 states that For though we walk in the world, we do not fight according to this world's rules of warfare. The weapons of the war we are fighting are not of this world, but are powered by God and effective at tearing down the strongholds, i.e. barriers erected against God's truth. We are demolishing or destroying arguments and ideas, every high and mighty philosophy that pits itself against the knowledge of the one true God. We are taking prisoners of every thought, every emotion, and subduing them to the obedience to the Anointed One, i.e. Jesus the Christ. In the book of Ephesians, outlined in the Holy Bible, chapter 6, verse 10 to 18, this scripture gives us some insight as to why we need to use weapons, or why Christians, that is, need to use weapons. So in that scripture it says, Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power, Put on all of God's armor, so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor, so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armour of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet. And take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. And stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers or Christians everywhere. So if Christians consider themselves to be true Christians, we have to ask God, what is happening in our lives, in our families and in the nations across this earth that we are not seeing? What strategies have been deployed against Christians, against believers, which causes continual negative manifestations in one's everyday life? The Holy Bible instructs Christians in the book of Matthew, chapter 26, verse 24, that we are to watch and pray. However, we may not know what to pray for unless we watch, discern, and ask God for the gift of seeing what is going on in the invisible world that we call the spiritual world, i.e. what plans, what plots, what agendas are going on behind the scenes in our current times on earth which are triggering negative events, not what happened 2,000 years ago, but now. Could it be that us as Christians or believers and our inability or reluctance to use the weapons of our warfare has allowed some of the negative events we see in our world today. The Word of God tells us that we are not fighting a physical battle with human beings. Our battle is with invisible enemies that collude with human agents. Therefore, it is crucial that every believer, Christian, understands this. We see from the Word of God that believers or Christians are instructed to wage war and oppose the schemes of the kingdom of darkness led by Lucifer. So how do we wage war? Well, in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 13 to 18, it gives a description of how and the spiritual armor we are to wear when we go to war. So to reiterate, it says we are to stand firm with the belt of truth, which comes from the word of God. We should have the breastplate of righteousness, which is Christ's righteousness. We should have the gospel of peace, which is essentially the writings in the book which is our shoes. We should hold up the shield of faith, which is to neutralize any fiery attacks of the enemy. We should have the helmet of salvation, i.e. we need to know who we are in Christ when we accept Christ. And we need to wield the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We need to confess it when we are under attack, mentally, emotionally, physically. And finally, we are also to pray in the Spirit, So God has not left us at the mercy of the kingdom of darkness, but has equipped us with weapons to walk in total victory, as I've just relayed. There are two categories of the defensive and the offensive weapons, and we shall examine each piece of the armor that God asks us to put on. So first of all, defensive weapons. So defensive weapons, we're starting off with the belt of truth. It is fitting that the belt of truth is the first piece of the whole armour of God. Since Jesus, the Christ is the way, the truth and the life, and it is only through him that we come to God. The belt of truth is a crucial piece of defensive armour, guarding our innermost being in the battle against lies and deceptions of our enemy. To walk in truth is to oppose all manner of falsehood, To walk in truth is to walk in integrity of heart, sincerity, transparency and openness to God, to yourself and to others. It means the absence of pretense and hypocrisy. Without an understanding of the truth, which comes from God's word, we are left vulnerable to being carried about by the trickery of men, by craftiness in deceitful scheming. The next defensive weapon is the breastplate of righteousness. So we put on by seeking God and his righteousness above everything else. We delight in his commands and desire for his ways to become our ways. When God reveals an area of change to us, we obey, allow him to work in us. At the point we say no to God, we open a little crack in the armor where Satan's arrows can get through. As we wear Christ's breastplate of righteousness, we begin to develop a purity of heart that translates into actions. Wearing this breastplate creates a lifestyle of putting into practice what we believe in our hearts. As our lives become more conformed to the image of Christ, our choices become more righteous and these godly choices also protect us from further temptation and deception. The next defensive weapon is preparation to proclaim the good news of peace. So the gospel of peace is the message that Jesus the Christ gave to those who trust in him. It comes with the assurance from God that we are his children and nothing, nothing, nothing can snatch us out of his hands. It outlines clearly what is required to become a child of God. Any other message is a false gospel. To protect our feet in preparation to proclaim the good news of peace is to wear shoes that are able to speed you up as you preach the good news to others. It means we have to be ready as believers and Christians and eager to preach or share the gospel. It means we have to put on our boots for battle. A soldier puts on boots for two reasons. They help the soldier to stand firm and keep him from slipping and sliding on difficult terrain. Sharing the gospel solidifies and stabilizes you in your belief in God. Christians have a responsibility to study the word of God, so that it can be shared in confidence to have stability at all times. And boots increases one's mobility. They enable one to move quickly and fearlessly over rough or unfamiliar ground. So when we are ready with the gospel of peace, We live with the understanding that we are continually under attack from Satan. In the book of Timothy, the second book of Timothy, chapter 4, verse 2, it says, we are to preach the word and be ready in season and out of season. The next defensive weapon is the shield of faith. Clearly a shield is vitally important to a soldier. It provides a blanket of protection. It is meant to be taken up in all circumstances. It is the first barrier against the enemy's attack. Often shields were painted with identifying marks. A Christian who takes up the shields of faith identifies himself or herself as a foot soldier who serves the commander of the Lord's army. In the book of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1, it says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see." Verse 6 in that book of Hebrews stresses the importance of faith. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Satan's attacks can sometimes cause us to doubt God. Fiery darts represent fierce, sudden and unexpected attacks from the enemy. The enemy will want you to question God's word and promises by drawing your attention to things that seemingly are not going right. One of the assignments of the Holy Spirit in a Christian's life is to put the believer in remembrance of the Word of God. Therefore, the more of the Word you have in you, the more the Holy Spirit will remind you of the Word in any particular situation. Faith prompts us to believe God. We give in to temptation when we believe what it has to offer is better than what God has promised. Faith reminds us that through fulfillment of God's promises, may not be readily visible to us, God is true to his word. When Satan attempts to plague us with doubt or entice us with instant gratification, faith recognizes deceptiveness of his tactics and quickly extinguishes the arrows. When Satan accuses us, faith chooses to believe that Jesus has redeemed us and that there is no more condemnation. When believers do not study the word, the Holy Spirit cannot remind you of the truth. God has a word for every occasion. The next defensive weapon is the helmet of salvation. So when a soldier is suited up for battle, the helmet was the last piece of armour to go on. It was the final act of readiness in preparation for combat. A helmet was vital for survival, protecting the brain, the command station for the rest of the body. If the head was badly damaged, the rest of the armour would be of little use. The assurance of salvation is our defense against anything the enemy throws at us. Jesus the Christ said, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both body and soul in hell. The idea in this verse is that as we prepare for Satan's attacks, we must grab that helmet and buckle it on tightly. Salvation is not limited to a one-time act of the past or even a future hope. God's salvation is an ongoing eternal state that his children enjoy in the present. It is daily protection and deliverance from our sin nature and Satan's schemes. Because of the power of the cross, our enemy no longer has any hold on Christians or believers. So believers must learn to keep their helmets buckled so that Satan's fiery missiles do not lodge in our thoughts and set us on fire. Through this helmet of salvation, we can destroy arguments in every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So there are several actions a believer can take to keep his helmet fastened and functioning. Number one, we need to renew our minds. Our minds are battlefields. The outcomes of those battles determine the course of our lives. In the book of Romans outlined in the Holy Bible, chapter 12, verses 1 to 2, it instructs believers to renew their minds by allowing the truth of God's word to wipe out anything contrary to it. Old ideas, opinions and worldviews must be replaced. We must allow God's truth to continually wash away the world's filth, lies and confusion from our minds and adopt God's perspective. Number two, we should reject doubt that arise from circumstances. Human beings are sensory creatures. What we cannot figure out with our five senses, we tend to reject. If we allow them to, circumstances may convince us that God does not really love us or that his word is not true. It is impossible to have faith and doubt at the same time. God rewards our faith. With the helmet of salvation firmly in place, we can choose to believe what appears to be impossible. Number three, we need to keep an internal perspective. When life crashes in around us, we must remember to look up. Our salvation is the most precious gift we have received. Keeping our eyes on that can help us weather life's storms. We can choose to live our lives by the motto if it doesn't have eternal significance, It's not important. Number four, we need to remember that victory is already accomplished. So when we consider ourselves dead to sin but alive to God, we eliminate many of the opportunities Satan uses to entrap us. When choosing sin is no longer an option for us because we recognize ourselves to be new creatures, we effectively cut off many avenues of failure. Number five, we need to find all our hope in him. The book of Psalms in the Holy Bible, chapter 73, verse 25 says, Whom have I in heaven but you? Besides you, I desire nothing on earth. So our helmet is most effective when we treasure what it represents. The salvation Jesus purchased for us cannot share the place of importance in our hearts with earthly things. When pleasing the Lord is our supreme delight, we eliminate many of Satan's lures and render his evil suggestions powerless. As we wear the helmet of salvation every day, our minds become more insulated against the suggestions, desires, and traps the enemy that he lays for us. We choose to guard our minds from excessive worldly influence and instead think on things that honour Christ. In doing so, we wear our salvation as a protective helmet that guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So now coming to the offensive weapons. So the sword of the spirit is an offensive weapon. So swords were used to protect oneself from harm or to attack the enemy, to overcome or kill him or her. In both cases, it was necessary for a soldier to get rigid training on the proper use of the sword to get maximum protection. All believers need the same rigid training to know how to properly handle the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword that the Apostle Paul refers to here is the Holy Scriptures outlined in the Bible. Since every believer is on a spiritual battle with the satanic and evil forces of this world, we need to know how to handle the Word of God properly. Only then will it be an effective defense against evil. But it will also be an offensive weapon we use to demolish strongholds of error and falsehood that are being perpetrated against us. God refers to his word as a sword in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12. Here, the word is described as living and active and sharper than a double edged sword. The Roman sword was commonly made in this manner. The fact that it had two edges made it easier to penetrate as well as to cut in every way. The idea is that of piercing or penetrating, the word of God reaches the heart, the very centre of action, and lays open the motives and feelings of those it touches. The purpose of the sword of the spirit, outlined in the Bible, is to make us strong and able to withstand the evil onslaughts of Satan, our enemy. The next offensive weapon is the weapon of prayer, As believers in our Lord Jesus Christ, prayer is a direct line with heaven. Prayer is a communication process that allows us to talk to God. He wants believers to communicate with him like a person-to-person phone call. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 18, it tells us that we should always pray, pray about everything in every way we know how, and keeping all this in mind, Pray on behalf of God's people and to keep on praying intensely and be on the lookout until evil has been stopped. Prayers that approach God in humility are part of the invisible battle all believers are engaged in. The Apostle Paul, outlined in the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verses 6 to 7, tells the church, the body of Christ, believers, to relieve their anxieties by remaining faithful in prayer, especially prayers that are thankful for God and approached in authenticity and humility. This, the Apostle Paul concludes, is the formula for ensuring that believers will experience the peace of God, a peace that is beyond any and all of our human understanding, and will stand watch over our hearts and minds in the name of Jesus. So those who belong to Jesus the Christ, who have accepted Christ into their heart, also have inside themselves the Holy Spirit, who intercedes on our behalf. Because we often don't know what or how to pray sometimes when we approach God, the Holy Spirit, which is God's Spirit, will intervene and actually prays for us, interpreting what we want to say to God so that when we are overwhelmed by trials and the cares of life, the Holy Spirit comes alongside to lend assistance with our prayers. None of these pieces of armour require power on our part. Jesus Christ has already won our victory through his sacrificial death on the cross. So we are to pray using the word of God, which will allow the power of God's spirit, the Holy Spirit, to operate in us, as Jesus did when he was directly attacked by Satan in the wilderness. Each temptation Jesus faced in the wilderness in the book of Luke, Christ's face was combated with the words, it is written, and that's how we approach our trials, we basically refer to what is already said, In the Holy Bible, we say it is written and then quote a particular reference in the Holy Bible that we want to use to nullify whatever we are experiencing negatively. In closing then, review points for episode 10. Number one, we can only stand strong spiritually by the power of the Holy Spirit. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is in every believer. Number two, we need to pray in the name of Jesus the Christ. Number three, we need to figure out what the plans, plots, agendas are at work by the kingdom of darkness in the invisible world and ask God for increased insight and the gift of seeing these plots, plans and agendas. Number four, we need to put on the full spiritual armour of God as outlined in the book of Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 to 18. And the spiritual armour is God's invisible armour, which I've already outlaid. Number five, we need to pray using the word of God as our foundation depending on what we want to say to God and what Jesus Christ has given the believer, which is the keys of binding and loosing, as illustrated in the book of Matthew, chapter 16, verse 19. We need to pray in absolute belief, otherwise known as faith, in the word of God and not doubting it. Number seven, we need to pray until there is manifestation. And we must not concern ourselves with what it looks like since persistence in prayer breaks the resistance.